10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Good luck, studio. Hello, hello, hello. Bonjour et bienvenue au podcast The Shy Life. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Shy Life podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Oh, I'm right. So, uh, uh, what's this episode all about? Well, um, uh, we've we've uh, we've got a visitor just popped round for tea, so we'll be talking to him. Um, it is Uncle Warren. Hi, Uncle Warren. Hi, everyone. How's it hang? Ing. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Um, yeah, I I I, uh, I did ask Comedy if he he'd like to. Oh, that'd be nice for to join us. Yeah, it's good for him to show up. Um, yeah. Um, I I. I asked asked comedy, but I, but I haven't asked Yeti Uncle John. No, um, no, we don't because we don't talk to Yeti no. Uncle John. Well, you know, at the moment, yeah, if he turns up, he turns up. But uh, mm. he'll just make it all about himself. But uh, uh, I should have asked Ick and some of the others. But then, then it suddenly becomes a enough an about me. Party. What do you think of me? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, if you invite too many people, it becomes a party. And I was only, oh, and I haven't I bought a volavant or an inside-out no. cake. No, no. All my cakes are inside vo- out. The last time I saw a Volavon, I think it was on a tray that you were serving us at that that party. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, that that uh, Bettina's house. Yes. That was uh, that was quite something. Anyway, let's run the theme music. We some come pink Volavons the other um, day. Oh, you, did you know? Um, yes. When we come back, Warren and I will be talking about some more TV. No. And, uh, just, just catching up. So uh, catch right, that. Let's up. run that. Th- yes, that's right. The la, 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 Let's run that theme. Music. La, la? La 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 Ha ha Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast <laughs> Yes, well it's a positive thing called The High Life, The Shy Life You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere Hello, Jimmy uh, I'll go anywhere for a potato Delicious Hello, Captors How are you? You quite like a big bang, don't you? Oh, yippee Go Shy Yeti Oh, I have never heard of my secret. I think he has. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Yeah, I, I am strangely drawn to Yeti Uncle John's ankles as well. <laughs> has the Shy Life podcast slowed down? I don't think so. It's all green and it's here. Yum, 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 yum. Has anyone seen my hot sausage? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life podcast. <laughs> I'd like that, yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. Marvellous, Paul. Hi there. And we're back. And <laughs> we're back um, in the room. Sorry, what, yeah, Warren and I were just communicating there in our own private language. Listeners, if you can work out what we're saying, there Please tell us. <laughs> yes, please tell us. 
But um, anyway, well, how, how, same how's dialect, it going? different um, regions. Oh, well, I know. Uh, how's it going? How's the cinematic sausage? The sausage is basting quite well. Um, so we will be looking at James Bond ripoffs in November. In December, we're going to have a special Christmas three-parter. Not going to tell anyone that. You'll have to listen out for the trailer. And in January, well, um, I, I, I threw a little um, little bit of um, bait out into the uh, into the river to see how people would nibble on it. And um, I might be taking a look at um, slightly sinister films, Ten Rillington Place. Oh, yeah. Yes, people have um, got very excited about the fact that I put that up. So um, that's gone down well. And I know that we may have a piece on dinosaurs as well. Ooh. That's all to come in the new year, in the whole part of the new season. Uh, I hear you had... Uh, Winter. I heard you had lots of good comments about your episodes in October. Uh, wonder what was in, I wonder what those were. They were horror episodes. Oh, you, oh some, some, some person turned up in the studio with oh. an eyeball. Oh yeah, and decided to tell me about some young yeti. I believe oh, it was. I wonder if that he is. came and said, "Let me tell you about my eyeball." Look <laughs> at my eyeball. My eyeball. Um, um, that was you, young fellow, my lad. There was there was I, there was eyeball. There were eyeballs in eyeball, and there was also eyeballs in Horror Express as well. <laughs> yes. Now that was weird. I I wasn't thinking of connecting the two, but there the connection was there. Yeah. So that was really good, yeah. Mm-hmm. There, I, there were balls all over the place. Lots of there were eggs all over the stage. Lots of them. Oh, just yes. a minute. Uh, oh, oh Cromarty, there you are. Scott. For a minute, Hello, Cromarty? For a minute, I thought, thought it might be Yeti Uncle John. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't know where he is. I think he has a, a visitor. Oh, dear. Do you mind if I sit down? It's been quite a day. No, it, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Sit, come and take a... Oh, dear, oh, dear. It's nice to see you, woman. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, it's nice I, to see you too, Cromarty. You can get rather perplexed. Yes, 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 Uncle John is perplexing me. Um, I, 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 I guess I, I need to explain. I've seen him twice today, and, well, mm. it, it's quite a mystery. Um, I, I think... Uh, I, I'm trying to make, uh, well, I, ca- I cannot make head nor no tail of it, but, oh dear, oh dear. Um, uh, so, well, <laughs> You're amongst friends, Cromarty. You sound confused if, just yeah, take your time. To, to, to take time, tell us what happened. amongst friends, yeah. Well, well, this morning I was down at the shops, and, uh, well, I, I was, you know, uh, just around the supermarket getting some, some, some bits and pieces. and a Local VG store. Yes, that's right. I, I I bumped into Yeti Uncle John. He was in, in the fish counter, and he was with mm. uh, a, a, a friend of his. And um, mm-hmm. well, uh, it happened something like this. Oh, dum 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 Oh, hello, Cromarty's. Nice to see you. What are you doing here? Oh, just doing some shopping, like you, I expect. Oh. Uh, are you with somebody? Oh, yes, just a friend of mine. 
Is, uh, you probably heard me mention Coconut Jim before. Hello, I'm Coconut Jim. Coconut Jim, I'm rather tall and slightly slim. I'm Coconut Jim, pleased to meet you. <laughs> Hello, my name's Cromity. Cromity, Cromity, Cromity. Let's dance a chick with Cromity. Hello, I'm Uncle Jim. No, I'm not. I'm Coconut Jim. You can edit around that. <laughs> nice, nice to meet you, Coconut Jim. I heard a lot about you. I hear you were friends, uh, well, friends from way back. Yeah, yes. I did share a room. Yes. I'm Coconut Jim, and I shared a room. I'm always friendly, and I like to show a smile. Yes, that's very true. He's, uh, he, he likes to sing as well, as you can tell. He's very singing. Very, very, very tuneful fellow. Well, yes, yes, but um, uh, that, that, uh, that's very nice. Uh, well, uh, uh, I, I expect that... Uh, um, you, you have things to do, so I should probably let you get on, on with them. Cromity is a name I shan't forget. Yes, it rolls off the tongue like a... Yes, well... One of those. Yes, like one of those. <laughs> well, uh, uh, well, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll see you in a bit, probably. I'll, I'll probably bring him round later, but... So. Oh, well, if we have got a few things. Why, am I going to be unconscious? Oh, oh, oh we don't know about that. I don't know about you, <laughs> you and your... He's uh, uh, nearly as bad at drinking fizzy water as I am. It gets us right... Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, goes right up my snozzle. Yes. Oh, well, um, I'll let you know. Uh, have a nice time. I, I just need to go and get uh, some 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 uh, potted meat. <laughs> yes. Oh, enjoy potting your meat. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. Pleased to meet you. Meat to please you. I'm Coconut Chew. Oh, yes. I'll see you later, Cromarty. Oh, yes. He's a nice chap. <laughs> so you met Coconut Jim. I, 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 and, and what was he like? Well, he was like I was saying, very enthusiastic and bouncy, and quite tall, and uh, uh, and and sort of with mad curly hair. And well, I I must admit that he was quite a handful. I didn't know quite what to say. He he he, he kind of more than the handfuls a waste. Well, it does sound a bit strange, all that singing. But uh, yeah, I guess if you get your Uncle John and him, uh, you know. They're old friends, and even though he is from the shame jail days, um, I, I don't understand why you're so confused, though. Yeah. Well, well, you know, this is the thing. I, I, I kind of confused. Well, it's what happened later that confused me. Oh, okay. Well, are you going to tell us? Well, could 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 I just go and freshen up? I, 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 I feel all quite flustered. Uh, uh, do you mind if I? No, no, no. Fine. No. Um, this has been quite rainy outside. I, I feel a bit damp. I, 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 There's I'll, nothing worse than being moist, is yes, there? No. And not expecting well, to be. Warren and I are going to talk about some TV. So we'll talk about TV and come back and tell us the rest of the story after that. Okay, okay, Paul. Look I forward will. to it. <laughs> Take care of yourself and I'll oh, see you shortly. We'll be back soon. Oh dear, he does sound a bit... Well, Sounds very confused. I don't understand I don't why. Know what's going I mean, on there. I mean, I mean, I understand that Coconut Jim sounds like a bit of a character, but yeah. um, still. Uh, oh, anyway. Um, right. I think we should talk about some TV. Um, I have a list of all the years that we've talked about already, so I'm having to. Um, I thought you could say all the years we've been talking yeah, all the about year, all television. The years we've been talking. <laughs> uh, I've got a list of the ones we haven't talked about, so I thought Ooh. we might begin with. Um, 
programs of that time they're sort of ephemeral they they're gone once they've been seen once nobody wants to you see think, them again you think if it <laughs> involved somebody who because by 68 bob Dylan would would be a lot a lot, a lot more famous yeah, than but, he wasn't you think you keep it just because it's it's not often you'd have bob Dylan doing something on bbc tv um, well i wonder whether it was sort of junk shortly afterwards mm. Because they they would have wanted the the tape, wouldn't they? Mm. Although it says it wasn't released. Anyway. I know sixty eight sixty eight yeah. was released yeah. for junking. It's a weird thing about television, isn't it? Um, but then again, that's the BBC. Would they have thought, oh, bit of music? Oh, we got music everywhere. Why would we need to keep this particular thing? You should have had some somebody in the in the BBC whose job was to kind of work out if if there might be some significance in. Yeah, but that always worries me because then you could end up with somebody saying, "Well, let's get rid of this and get rid of that because I didn't really like it." Yeah, well. and then you get the sort of personal opinions, then don't you? So right. we may not have ended up with with things like Doctor Who, for instance, because they might have gone, "Oh, that's a kids' program. Mm-hmm. Don't want to keep a kids' program." But by the by the time that they started wiping Doctor Who, it had been around quite a long time. You think somebody would have gone? Well, there might be some use in keeping this, or to, oh, I don't know. It, they all deserve slapping. They should have all gone to jail. <laughs> they should have all been sent to jail. Um, <laughs> got, I've, I've, shame I've, jail. Yeah, definitely, they would definitely be. They would definitely have been in shame jail for for acts, for deleting all those good programs. Um, um, February. The only thing that seems to happen was the stray, the straw bane transmitter. Uh, opens bringing coverage to the west of Northern Ireland for the first time. I wasn't there. No, wasn't I there. Um, in March, we have the eighth Eurovision Song Contest. Yay! Um, oh, and that Do you was, like Eurovision? Um, I had, I've gone through peaks and troughs, and I was a lot more into it maybe in the nineties and noughties, but hmm. um, maybe in the eighties to a certain extent. But but my friend Harry used to have Eurovision parties, which always used. to always used to be a bit of an event um and then more recently i've i kind of got to the stage where well the parties weren't happening and i was sort of watching by myself or that and then it got to the stage where i'd i'd video it or whatever and and flip back through it and watch it bits of it or if i hated the song i'd I'd fast forward and and now i just don't really bother at the moment but i think it's it's partly because it's not because it's not a lot of these things are more fun if you're in a group um I think it is as well, yeah. I I always used to switch on for Eurovision in the 1970s for the Eurovision slide that used to come up with that little fanfare. (laughs) And it'd do that and then I'd switch it off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always remember the Eurovision records, um, the singles were always more expensive to buy because they were 99 pence. That's um, so... For our American listeners, that's um, 99 cents would be a better way to put it as well, isn't it? just under a dollar. And uh, and it always used to amaze me. They were like 30, 30 pennies more expensive than your normal sort of sing- singles. I'm not sure. It took place in... Um, oh, I see. Okay. I was just looking to see... It was staged in in London, which which usually means that... UK won the year before, and I didn't think they had. And sure enough, it says... Um, Gerth and Jorgen, Ingman, uh, were the winners. Yeah, from Denmark. Um, it Apparently, 
France won in 62, but they declined to host it due to financial shortcomings. Um, I think there was a bit of unrest in France then as well, wasn't there? That they'd hosted the, they'd hosted the competition in 59 and 61, um, but and it was uh, the, the 63 version was only was the second time that Katie Boyle um, hosted it. Uh, but uh, Katie Boyle, mm. that that's a bizarre person to have hosting it, isn't it? Quite sure. Because Katie Boyle to me is like an agony aunt. Because Eurovision only happens once a year. I would presume that, you know, and I was never really sure what else she was known for. Um, I presume that she wasn't kept in a box all year round. And, um, um, Should we have a look? Should we have? I'll, I'll put Katie Boyle into my search engine. Hopkins, Boyd. I think she um, she must she must have done it well into the eighties. I think. Well, she must be a fit old girl then. <laughs> Oh, um, actually, she only died in 2018. She was 91, yeah, well, so she did last quite a while. Well, of of all her wonderful film attributes, um, I would say her best-known role would be in an old Mother Riley film. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> me. But yes, she, she used to do um, things in the TV Times magazine. Mm. Um, she's... Yeah, she maybe I'm known. thinking. I must be. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, or I miss. Uh, no, I'm no, it's got her down. It's got her down here as a, a presenter of the Eurovision Song Contest. But it says she only did it four times, and the last time was '74. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have. Been, but she's but, probably cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I kind of feel like I associated. I feel like I associated her with doing Eurovision when maybe maybe that's wrong, and I don't. <laughs> but. Uh, Unless she popped uh, up, I mean, unless she popped up, or was the sometimes the person who, you know, would read the UK um, results or something, or uh, perhaps you know, there's a difference between hosting it and maybe she appeared on it more than just four times. But well, it. here you go. Are you holding on to your seats here? I mm-hmm. found out a trivial fact. Uh-huh. Whilst hosting the 1974 contest. She wore no undergarments. Good grief. Mm. Uh, she's got something in common with the with, uh, famous podcaster Big Fatty there. But, uh, does he uh, not wear he, does he not wear underpants he when not, he's broadcasting? No. no well not not at any time, I don't think. But, uh, good lad. Good lad. He goes commando. <laughs> um now you'll be familiar with um for for when we uh, talked about one of our previous years, uh, in April 1963, there were no events. Nothing happened in April 1963. In May 1963, <laughs> there, there were happened. no events. <laughs> Nothing happened. Oh, this seems to take me back to a certain comedy yeah. sketch here, yeah. Well, in, in June 1963, there were no events. Um, whilst in July... 1963, there were no events, not any at all, on any channel. Really? Do you, do you think they, they they were saving up for the big one think, in November? Well, maybe. In August, Ready, Steady, Go premieres. Oh, no, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ready, Steady, Go listeners was, for those who don't know, it was a pop programme. That was, it was, I was going to say, it didn't, it, it, it pre- Date top of the pops by about a year, doesn't it? 
Top of the Pops it, started yeah. in 64, so I was sort of thought it would have been their reaction to Top of the Pops, but that's not the case. Um, 1963 to 66 was Ready, Steady, Go. Yeah, yeah it didn't last, but... Uh, um, they always had these hip hip names, didn't they? Ready, steady, go. Yeah. Uh, the six five special, uh-huh. which yeah. I always used to think is that's a ridiculous. Did you, was it on at six five? Was it six minutes past five? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this terrible clip of the six five special with um, what turned out to be a BBC Radio Two radio presenter later on in the years uh, in years to come because they all sort of jumped from there and he does this terrible hi uh, welcome it's time to jive on the old six five and he's like pulling a funny face and you're thinking the bbc had no idea how to do pop programs whatsoever ready steady go was um, an itv program as yeah. well yeah. Uh, apparently it was um it, it, it was cancelled when it was still popular because the beat boom was was failing but i mean oh. Whatever it was that um, the type of bands that were popular in '63, uh, all of them were still around and had, had evolved. You'd think the show would just evolve to whatever the music had evolved into, but um, uh, but there you go. They yeah, had the Beatles on it, like most people had the Beatles on them in the early '60s. Even but who had the Beatles? <laughs> yes, he squashed my favourite Beatles, yeah. and they were playing "Won't Be Long." You can't do that, and can't buy me love. Yeah. Wow, and and the the the, the legend that they played because um, that they tagged onto the um, the program was the weekend starts here. It was one of those Friday evening programs for the young people, like TFI Friday, but much earlier. <laughs> What's TFI I stand for? Thank goodness it's Friday. Yeah, mm. well, that would be tedious. Thank Flip, it's Friday. Flip. Yeah. Um, Flip now, there's nothing else happened in August, obviously, but in September, the BBC begins using a, a globe as their symbol. They will Yay. continue to use it in varying forms until, until 2002. I don't think I'd notice that they weren't. Particularly. I guess they went through various... I guess they don't use it anymore, but I so rarely... Well, the 50s, we had the bat swings, didn't we? Which I rather like the bat swings, but they came in for a lot of stick. But I like the bat swings. But, yeah, the globe sort of stuck with this. I I grew up in in the same sort of time you did. And BBC One was always defined by the globe, wasn't it? And then they started doing sort of cartoon... Indents the noddy symbol, it was called. The knobby... Knobby? Noddy symbol. <laughs> Good grief. Um... In October 1963, there were no events. Should we gloss over November? I can't imagine uh, anything happened then. Well, uh, in November, uh, the BBC... On the 22nd of November, the BBC interrupts regular programming to report the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And then the following day, um, the first episode of Doctor Who uh, with William Hartnell... um, and of course, that uh, that got a repeat because of the following Saturday, because of presumably, I don't know if you might know different. Do, so, so they, they showed it then, and then they showed episode one again the following Saturday. Does that mean episode one and two? Yeah, oh, they showed them both the same. I think it was one and two. Yeah, because they they want um, Verity was very look. Nobody's watched it. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, you know, I wasn't sure if they um, showed both. Um, uh, Ugh, make fire, Ugh. Uh, um, <laughs> Next week. Apparently that was the week that was broadcast a serious Kennedy tribute episode that yes that same day yeah. on the 23rd. Um, that was the week that was. Didn't last that long, did it? That, that uh, I know that, that only lasted... It's one of those shows that's quite famous, or the title is, uh, but only ran for, for about a year from late 62 to... There, yeah, the there's an, there was a reason for that, and the reason was there was a general election, and they thought the programme was so influential on people's taste toward their political parties that they didn't want them to be accidentally influencing people when they put their tick in the box or their, their cross in the box mm. and go to voting. And it never came back. No. But as we know, a lot of the people that starred in that, mm. especially David Frost, went on to do loads more influential programmes throughout the 60s. But that was the week that was, is a big milestone in what I would call a satire. Uh, I was I was having a good chat with Martin the other day mm. about uh, politics, and we were talking about satire in politics. And, of course, the first thing that comes up is that was the week that was mm. for television programmes, because that was the biggest satire mm. and the launcher of so many careers there was at the time. And it was, a, it, was it, it couldn't be understated how big and influential that program was. Actually, that is one of the two things that happens in December is that it finishes. The other thing is on the twenty first. Sink plungers, sink, yes. sink plungers go up in price. The, 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 the Daleks make their first appearance well, on Doctor and Who. A, and a, an appendage does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Sticky thing. Um, it, tries to grab. Tries to grab Barbers, whatever. <laughs> um, I like that cliffhanger. Do you like that cliffhanger? Because she can really scream, can't she? <laughs> yeah. She's got a lovely pair of lungs on her. <laughs> um, I'm just I don't to... believe I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, tried to see what... William Russell looked all right as well. Uh, what, what, what other shows began in 63? Um, there's quite a few, but I'm only going to read the ones that I want to read. Uh, <laughs> There's nothing like being your own editor, is there? Um, I can read a few more. Um, The Chem Lab Mystery, never heard of it. Mr. Justice Duncannon. Moonstrike. (laughs) The Desperate People. These only seem to have... These These are one-off. Been on as... Yeah, one-offs. The Birth of a Private Man. The Sunday Play. Jane Eyre. The Spread of the Eagle. Probably all these are wiped by now. The Spread of the Eagle... (laughs) The Stanley Baxter Show, which... Oh, ran, God, I bet that hasn't been, but should have been. That ran till, <laughs> till 71. Oh, it should um, have been wiped. Epitaph for a Spy. These are all on BBC. Hornblower. Uh, Epitaph for a Spy, I don't think it does does exist, no. Hornblower, Mon Passant, Taxi. Bless you. <laughs> Taxi, that's not the famous... Oh, is that show. with Sid James? I'm, yeah, it might be. 63 to 64. I think that might um, be Sid James, yeah. Um, um, that Some of that does exist. Yes, so, yeah, sixty three, sixty four. Yeah, he Sid, got a front. He got a front couple of the Radio Times. Sid James Ray Brooks, Bill Owen, um, Ray uh, Brooks, the man with the knackers, the Dick Emery Show. That's sixty three to eighty one. Oh, um, dear old Dick. Marriage Line, sixty three to sixty six. 
that's uh, oh, that's with um, uh, Richard Briers and Prunella Scales. Uh, yes. Um, oops. That's five, a bit. Five is that seasons. the clip? Have you seen the clip from it where with the pudding, or is that later on in? Oh, no, no, it's not that one. No, that's a something. To do with, uh, Richard Briers seemed to do a a series of these. No, I think it was where the, the, there's a clip that exists. Of the, I think the series might a couple of episodes might exist from that series. They're looking at pudding. Well, and it's sunken. It it doesn't say clearly which ones don't exist. If but mm. it does say you know, that you, series one and three are were released on DVD. So um, ah, that's a you you do know who created Taxi, don't you? Don't look it up. No, <laughs> uh, Ted Willis. Who created Dixon and Doc Green? Hmm. Now I um, didn't expect him to do comedy. Because Dixon wasn't that funny. We also got Citizen sixty-three, <laughs> Dep- Deputy Dog sixty to sixty-four. Deputy Dog. Dog. No cloak, no dagger. Swallows and Ooh. Amazons, or at least a version of it. First night sixty-three to sixty-four. What's first night? That sounds serious. Mm. Oh, it sounds like a. Contemporary television dramas by new writers. Um, Spotlight Southwest, 63 to present. Regional television, mm. yay! The Telly the Goon, 63 to 63. Oh no, that's god awful. I see Deep, those. Deep. Andrew used to have a, a copy of the episodes of the Telly Goons. Uh-huh. It's I such a shame they haven't been lost. I said, dig this rhubarb, 63 to 64 doesn't say what that is it's in red on this wikipedia page so uh, <laughs> festival red for, whatever you do don't watch it oh festival is is an hour-long uk dramatic anthology series Ooh. um although some of them are adapted from like shakespeare and so i don't know whether they're modernized that's 63 64 kidnapped um te- telly tale 63 to 64 Bold as Brass, Laughter from the Whitehall. Uh, they don't doesn't say much about what they are. They but they're more than one-off things. Meet the wife, sixty-three to six. What you're giving the wife some meat? Um, meat for the wife. Sixty. So, sorry, Meet the Wife has um, Thor Heard in it as a tyrannical wife. Oh, that would be um, the language on that will be appalling. It's written by. Chesney and Wolf. Oh no, you know who they wrote, don't you? No, I don't recognise it. Oh gosh, no, they <laughs> they wrote on the buses. Take me now, take <laughs> me now, strike me down. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh dear, there's a big long list of things on ITV. Um, to be fair, Hancock, they did. Hancock they did. did a, sorry, Hancock did a series in '63 on ITV. Oh. Um, but I don't know. There's all these ex- all these series of Hancock that aren't <laughs> the famous ones that keep popping up, and I'm thinking I didn't know anything about these. All these. Well, other he did ones. a series in Australia as well, didn't he? Mm. Um, I know because I think he was he did series on ITV at the same time as he did did the famous ones on because I'm sure some of those have come out recently. But um, <laughs> oh, it's it. Um, BBC Television presents. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know anything about this uh, this '63 series, but uh, of Hancock. Um, Hancock. We've got Badger's Bend, 
Do they now? I'm glad they do. They won't be able to get around corners. Dimensions of Fear, um, Once Aboard the Lugger, Best of Friends, World in Action mentioned that, Twilight Zone. Well, that's not... uh, That's more of an import. Once Aboard the Lugger? Yes, don't know. It doesn't say anything about that. 24-Hour Call, Beverly Hillbillies. They're obviously buying a lot more American shows on ITV than they are on the BBC. America was very big for that, wasn't it? Because when when America started... um, When America started broadcasting... When ITV started broadcasting in 54, 56? 54. 56. 56. Um, uh, Their their first cop show was Dragnet. Mm. They brought over a lot of American series. And they stole a lot of... um, ideas didn't they from america like general hospital and yeah. and, and, mm. and emergency ward 10 as well yeah beverly hillbillies i always forget beverly hillbillies ran for nearly 10 years it's like sort of bewitched it um around to the early 70s um the plane makers the human jungle space patrol 63 to 68 oh yes um the des o'connor show 63 to 73 um, and uh, never mind. Stars and Garters, uh, sixty-three to sixty-six. Love Story, sixty-three to seventy-four. That's anthology. Uh, Sergeant Cork, sixty-three to sixty. Sergeant Cork. Sergeant Cork. Sergeant Cork. A little big business. Uh, oh yes, Burke. really. Put some paper down. Uh, Burke's <laughs> Law. That's another. Oh, um, Burke's uh, Law. Yeah. Uh, strangely enough. Um, as soon as you said Burke's Law, when I was a, a child, my mother had a list, uh, uh, had a, a stack of 45s. And one of them was the theme music to Bur- uh, Burke's Law. The, uh, <laughs> I have seen some Burke's Law. That, and Burke's Law. He drives around in a Rolls Royce, doesn't he? Doing yeah, nothing his, and solving his side, crime. His sidekick um, ended up being the main guy in Land of the Giants ah. later in the 60s. Um, but. I think it had a certain element of, or maybe some of the later episodes, the, this had a slight quirkiness. I remember there being an episode where to do with either flowers or or greenhouse, and there being some um, like um, Venus flytraps, and they were they were clearly puppets. Oh, Venus flytraps! Sorry, I misheard that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, they would. Yeah, there was definitely the odd quirkiness, but then whether that was maybe that was a later episode and maybe the Avengers and stuff had sort of made it more quirky or whether it was always quirky I'm not I'm not sure um, was it the guy who played Burke who was in the Adventurers the ITC show as well or oh I think you might there? be right there yeah. I think uh, him mm, he was an American gentleman wasn't he Gene Barry Gene Barry yeah yeah um, spelt with a G Yes, but I think he was in the adventures. Let me see. Sure, he wasn't the Baron. Mm. There's lots of people now shouting him. No, he wasn't in. He wasn't in the Baron. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't hear you. Yeah, the adventurer sixty. The adventurer seventy-two to seventy-three. Of course, he was War of the Worlds, wasn't he? As well, I knew, uh-huh. I knew there was something important that he was in in, in uh-huh. 1953. Mm. Um, also we've also Our Man at St Mark's that's a few seasons I don't know is that's that, a um, British, British comedy 
largely lost, of course. Oh, is that um, with... Um, oh, gosh, can't never remember his name. Donald Sindon. Oh, wasn't that was not Donald Sindon's <laughs> impression, no. I was doing, doing, gas, and, I was doing gas and gators there. Yeah, Joan Hickson seems to be the main character. She's yeah. in 46 of the episodes. Blimey. Donald Sindon, Henry Fowler, Clive Morton, Leslie Phillips, surprisingly. Bless his heart. Whether it's one of those ones where somebody was the main character and then they left and the series continued with a new main, a new lead or something. But, uh, um, uh, yes, uh, The Sentimental Agent, Five O'Clock Club, that's. 63 to 66, Espionage. Oh, Five O'Clock Club was another pop music show. Espionage. Um, and Emerald Soup. Emerald Soup. Um, that was a children's sci fi show quite consisting of seven 25 minute episodes. That's Emerald never, Soup? Never heard of that. Never heard of that. Um, Green Soup. <laughs> uh, Is that like Blue String Soup? but green, without string. The series conflicted in part with the initial episodes of Doctor Who. What, Hartnell did that on the quiet and didn't <laughs> tell anyone? Don't really recognise... His comedy part he was playing. I'm a character actor. That's what I am. I don't really, really recognise any of the cast. The series was set in a small rural community where a group of local children discovers constructed in the vicinity a laboratory that is conducting, conducting secret radiation tests Children attempt yes, to stop do. the tests before any damage to the environment can be done. Ooh, um, environmental. Seven, seven episodes. Um, they fail and they all die horribly of radiation burns. Are they all sort Is of, that the one? Yes. They, they were on, it was on a Saturday night. And there's only seven episodes, though, so I guess it wasn't any real danger. But it could, I suppose... Um, no, so I've never heard of it. I bet it doesn't exist anymore. Um, uh, well... well that's that's enough for 63, I think. Um, oh, I think Cromarty's coming back. So, oh, uh, hello, Cromarty. Hello. Cromarty, tell us, um, how are you doing? We, are you all right now? Well, I have to tell you the rest of the story. Are you are you finishing talking your televisions? Am I finishing talking your... Yes, for the moment. We will talk a bit more in a, in a moment. But um, I don't understand from what you've told us what you're what so bamboozling. Well, Paul... I then bumped into um, getting Uncle John later when I went for some lunch. This I had a bit of a late lunch because by the time I'd done my shopping, uh, I went to um, the Dog and Duck and uh, do um, Yes, and and um, well, getting Uncle John was there, but he was with somebody different. Well, I'm sure he's allowed to have more than one friend. Yeah, more than one friend. No, no, no well, this is the thing. Um, this guy was quite short, and well, well, let me explain. All right, explain. I wonder what I might have for my lunch today. I've got a lot of things on the board. They all look quite tasty. Hello, hello, stranger. Oh, it's Uncle John. I didn't know you were coming here to the Dog and Duck. Oh, I, I, I see you. You're here with a friend. Oh yes. <laughs> You know I am. You, uh, I introduced you earlier. Hello, but, I'm Coconut Jim. We've met uh, before, Cromarty, haven't we? Uh, uh, you were, uh, of course. Speak yes. up, lad. Speak up, lad. I'm, I'm slightly mutton. Slightly yeah. mutton. Slightly yeah. mutton. 
Coconut um, Jim's a name. I'm slightly mutton. Very, very nice. Uh, I, 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 I didn't expect you to be what? here. That's all. What? I didn't expect. I didn't expect you to be here. Yes. Uh, well, yes. you know, we hadn't decided where we we're going to eat, but uh, you know, I think there's room in this pub for both of us. Uh, you can come and join us if you like. Oh, more than welcome, lad. More than welcome, lad. Welcome, lad. I think I may, I may have uh, left my phone in the last shop I was in. I, I need to what? go back and get... What is he saying? Uh, I, it's very nice to meet you. Uh, I hope you have a nice lunch. Oh, is this something we say? Half past four. Oh, oh dear. Um, I, I'll see you later. Oh, who are they? <laughs> dear. Okay. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. I'm, I'm Coconut Jim. I'm short and stout. Look at my tummy. It's bigger than yes. whatever well, rounds his stout. He's like that. Don't worry. Forgive him. Forgive him, Coconut Jim. Uh, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's just a little bit stressed out. Golly. So, let me, let me see if I understand what happened. You met Yeti Uncle John in the Dog and Duck with this guy who didn't look like the guy that he'd been with before. Exactly, yes. But he said it was Coconut Jim. I, I didn't understand it. I, I don't understand. I just totally lost it. I, 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 I didn't know what to say and I just sort of hurried out. But I, I feel it's a bit stupid, but I don't understand it. I mean, how, how can that have been... How can a short, hmm. fat guy with a deep voice the same guy as the guy he was with in the supermarket who was tall and high spoken high, you know high voice no no I understand it's a bit of a mystery it is a mystery that one isn't it um, a mystery but, we should get to the bottom of yeah, well you know um, I think Warren's right but uh, we need to go and speak to Yeti Uncle John I, I wonder if he's I still so, with yeah. Coconut Jim um well, I'm not sure. I think I think I saw him heading towards the Magpie Hut as I arrived here, um, but he seemed to be by himself. Oh. Oh, okay. Look, um, Warren and I need to talk about another TV year, and then we'll go over there with you, and we'll, we'll work out this problem. We'll sort it out. Um, but, uh, oh, okay, I, I'll just uh, perhaps have a lie down. Well, it won't be too long, but, uh, yes, perhaps you should. All right. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, it sounds rather peculiar, doesn't it? it? Yes, I know. That's very strange. I don't know how to explain that. I mean, maybe they were just playing a joke on him or something. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. Um, look, I've got another TV year. Um, I, I thought we could go for 1979 this time. Uh, I think more things might happen. I hope so. <laughs> um, can't guarantee. Were, well, people weren't seeing in black and white in, in 1979. They were seeing in colour. No, but I think there were strikes, weren't there? But, ah. Um, anyway, right. Well, that, that, was all, that was the trend in those days, wasn't it? <laughs> you weren't anyone unless you were on strike. Yeah. Actually, rather like today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> January the 2nd, 1979, BBC Two airs the first episode of Michael Wood's groundbreaking history documentary series In Search of the Dark Ages. Ooh. Have you heard of that one? I don't, I, don't know, I don't know that I have, but I'm not sure that it's my that sort one. of area of expertise. Yeah. But, um, but, not that uh, one, no. Scratch um, his head, get splinters in fingers. 
Um, also in January 1979, the debut of the game show Give Us a Clue on ITV. I did used to watch... I watched I that. did watch Give Us a Clue, clue sometimes, but I, I saw that recently it's come out on DVD. I'm not sure... You little not, plugger. You little well, plugger, oh, you. I'm not a plugger because I didn't buy it, but I was more... I'm a person plugger's mate. Well, I was more, I was more like, gosh, would... I don't know that I'd ever want to watch those, you know, there's, there's Archive TV and there's Archive TV. I guess it's probably quite amusing if you're in the right mood for it, but uh, um, it's probably fun. But I can't imagine, you know, wanting it myself. But uh, No, uh, I, I see the clips and I go, oh, that's nice. I, I mean, the only thing you get it for is, is, is celebrities. that sort of... It's the celebrities and those wonderful warm memories of watching something that's quite innocent, really, isn't it? Mm. Actually, I wonder. I wonder um, this DVD box set. I wonder if it's just best of or 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 what it is because there's 324 episodes on ITV and 30 on BBC. Um, yeah, I'm not. Does it BBC as well? Apparently, much late, much later mm-hmm. in in 1997. Um, oh, when they but, resurrected it. Mm, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I never really thought it. I just kind of presumed it was a manageable... Well, obviously, that box set that came out isn't going to have all, all of those. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure um, uh, yeah. This is the, tr- the trouble. This is the, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a sort of a magpie when it comes to the TV shows I think I've got no interest in. And then I'm, then I'm suddenly... I'm, Oh well, I'm kind of interested in the facts, and then it's going. I'm buying them. Uh, <laughs> but no, if I, if you hear that I've bought, give us a clue on DVD, then um, come round and slap send me you. to Shane Jail or something. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Michael. I'm sure Michael Aspel wouldn't wouldn't begrudge you buying it. <laughs> yeah. The um, well, I suppose we should explain to listeners who don't give us a clue. It was like charades, basically, wasn't it? Um, uh, uh, well, you had two teams, and um, and I always remember Lionel Blair was on it, and Eunice Stubbs. I always remember being on it, but um, yeah, sure they weren't on it for the whole run, or maybe they were. I think they were. I think they were. Mm. Mm. Doesn't have a cast list. It should have a, a sort oh, of thing like a uh, Wikipedia uh, page. Hundreds of thousands of well-known celebrities. Yeah, apparently, it was, the first series was not networked following the launch of morning programming on ITV. Uh, there was no money. Is <laughs> that so what they're saying? There was no money. Well, it looks like at some point... Early was, morning TV took everything. It, it looks like it was... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the original run was 79 to 80... 79 to 91. But... Uh, and then they had they sort of had a revival. Um, <laughs> the 3rd of January, the children's <laughs> series The Book Tower makes its debut. Oh. Um, Do you remember that tinkly music at the beginning? Yeah, yes, I remember that. Because Tom Baker presented it first. Yes. I think that's sort of when I remember. But, um, but then he sobered present- up and got another job. Yeah, the later presenters included Stephen Moore, Alan Armstrong, Neil Innes, Roger McGough, Bernard Breslau. Bernard Breslau, really? Heavens to Murgatroyd. So Bernard Breslau did it in 87. Uh, uh, and, uh, 
And in 1988, each episode featured a different presenter, including Victoria Wood, Nick Wilton, Margie Clark, Wincy Willis, and Timmy Mallet. Goodness. They wonder Wincy. if it's Wincy Willis. That's quite... Um, well, of course, Wincy Willis um, became better known for Treasure Hunt after her original stint. I, I, um, I quite like Wincy Willis. Yeah, I liked her on Treasure Hunt. The US police series Chips makes its debut on ITV. Dee, um, dee, dee, dee. The, the long-running game show Blanky Blank makes his debut on BBC One. Appearing tonight on Blankety Blank. Um, Please yourself. They, they had, <laughs> uh, I can't remember when, because Les Dawson took over. Oh, I mean, it was Terence, Ter- young Terence E. Wogan. And then Ter- it was, yeah, and then they had Uncle Les... Yeah. And then when they resurrected it for a second time, they had... Um, Paul O'Grady. Paul O'Grady. Ah, no, it wasn't, though, was it? It's oh, Paul... Well, it's Lily Savage. Savage. You know where Lily Savage first appeared, don't you? First appeared. Um, yeah, the character of Lily... Well, didn't use that name. Yeah. I, was was in the bill. Like was that. in the bill during the 1980s. Yeah, Terry Wogan did Blank to Blank from 79 to 83 and Les Dawson from 84 to 1990. I always remember Kenny... It was always dangerous to have Kenny Everett on the programme because he would break that... He had, like, a wand microphone and he always used to bend his microphone, didn't he? I did like... I did like Blankety Plank. And also, it's one of those shows where I probably couldn't really uh, choose between Terry Wogan and Les Dawson. They were both really good at doing it. Had the right sort of style... Because it was a terrible programme, really, it was. Yeah. It was cheap. Uh, and the prizes was just derisable. It was just the fact you appeared on it. It, it was the enjoyment of appearing on the programme with so many, what we would have said as everyday stars, wouldn't we, which appeared on the television quite a lot. But there's lots of different versions of Blankly Blank, even if it doesn't quite have that name, all over the world. I've, I've, um, I sort of don't quite know when, you know, where it started from really but uh, but I'm sure there's American versions I think, I think it is American I think it's American yeah. in there yeah. uh, end of January um, Thomas and Sarah the spin-off of Upstairs Downstairs makes his debut it runs for only one series I've watched all of Upstairs Downstairs but I never got around to getting Thomas and Sarah I My sure never, no, it's sort of a less well known isn't it spin-off I mean there were so many spin-offs that that, that could have been um, could could have been used there we could have had um, Mrs Bridges and Mr Hudson oh, um, yeah it's kind of weird really because not only is it quite a few years after it had finished but those characters left even earlier before it finished so I guess they were still preserved in the memories of the audience and obviously they're Pauline Collins and um, John Alderson, so famous people, um, popular TV stars. Uh, February sees the debut of Antiques Roadshow on BBC One. Now, now that's nothing to do with Acorn Antiques at all. No, no, no nothing. Uh, I, again, I don't know whether that's a well. I didn't even think about it, whether it's a format that had been sold to other countries or whether it had started somewhere else. But I recently heard Big Fatty on Big Fatty Online talking about what sounded like an American version of Antiques Roadshow, and it sounded like it was a relatively new new TV show. So whether the BBC have taken all this time to get around to selling the format or 
I don't know, or whether it's just been rebooted. Um, but yeah, I was quite surprised to hear him talking about Antiques Roadshow in America and think, for first I thought he meant he was watching some repeats channel, but it sounded like it was a, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't have a program like that with American Antiques, although things just aren't as old over there. But uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, I've met a few old people over other there. Other than Big Fatty, obviously. But, uh, oh, <laughs> having not met Big Fatty, I'm not in a position to, to, to comment on that. It's fine. Uh, February, late February, the children's series Words of Gummidge makes its debut with John Pertwee as Words of Gummidge. Uh, I, I I really liked really liked his version. I haven't, although I've heard good things, I haven't watched the new version, but I know Lisa likes it. Uh, I, I think my mum said good things about it, but... It's I, very... I, I find it, yeah, it's... I was very concerned about it to begin with because... It's on a very much gentler and different tack to um, Pertwee's, because Pertwee's was quite loud and brash, wasn't he? But this is quite soft and gentle, and it's quite what I'd call chicken soup. It's lovely. It's lovely. Mm -hmm. It gives you that warm feeling inside, Mm -hmm. and it it gives you a big hug when you watch it. Mm -hmm. It really does. If if you're in, you fancy, oh, I really want something gentle and something that I'm going to... It's going to give me a big warm hug. This is what you want to watch. So in March, um, Dukes of Hazard uh, makes its debut on UK TV. I think I only really seventy nine. I thought it was late earlier <coughs> earlier than that. Wow. Mm, I, I think I only ever watched it when there was nothing else to watch. Um, I, I, I I think I watched it under duress. Um, uh, it just wasn't my cup of tea really. But I do. I'm certainly aware of it, and that the fact that the young men changed uh, later on. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> what did they change into? I, they changed, turned into their own cousins. But well, um, mm-hmm. uh, just a little about a week later, the US sitcom Mork and Mindy made its debut oh, on ITV. That is weird because I last night was watching some Mork and Mindy, uh, mm-hmm. something I haven't seen since original the original trans, transmission. And I forgot how really good fun it is. Mm. That's lovely. Have you seen him walking, Mindy? I haven't seen, seen it recently, and I think I've seen box sets and thought, it's just going to be one, and if I buy it, I'm tempted, but am I going to buy it and find, like, you know, I'm really not in... It's, you know, it's, it's, I, some things I like, perhaps even in the 90s, um, when I was much younger, um, I would go back to now, and I haven't got time for them, but I just wasn't sure if, I'm, if I should... But maybe I should if you say it's uh, um, still enjoyable. But, uh, were you watching early ones? Yeah, well, I, I, early ones are always very difficult to watch when you're watching um, an established, what I would call sitcom. It is a sitcom, isn't it? The comedy sitcom. Um, I prefer I prefer to sort of delve in at the second or second or third, just yeah. as it. So the second one, it would have would have really established itself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, apparently, yeah. About a week after Mork and Win- Mindy, uh, Sesame Street is shown for the first time on STV. Oh, is Scottish, that, yeah, uh, Scottish, Scottish TV, yeah. So they're, they're, I think I, can't, I know we've talked about Sesame Street, and I think we we really had it for we had we started later than it started, but but we were we were probably well on the way to showing it, having, having shown it by seventy nine. Um, um, Richard Beckinsale, best known for the Lovers, Rising Damp, Porridge, and 
going straight he, he died, through rumours dies um, at age 31. Yeah, there's a thing about that. Um, if you've got a couple of seconds, every mm-hmm. time we used to go on a family holiday, and this was our first family holiday abroad, mm-hmm. we, we went to um, Tunisia. Mm-hmm. And um, th- 30 years later, uh, th- that was the scene of the terrorist attack where the person went along the beach shooting everyone. But less of that, and more of the fact that every time we used to go abroad on family holidays, from that moment on, somebody famous died. (laughs) (laughs) And I always remember that holiday because it was on the front page of um, the the Daily Mirror. His picture was on the front page of the Daily Mirror. And I went, oh, the guy from Porridge is dead. But, uh, yeah, he used to be on loads of things. He was a marvellous, marvellous actor. Marvellous actor. Um. The end of March, uh, 24th of March, Towers of the Unexpected begins, which uh, is yeah, one of my favourite shows. I own the box set of that. Do you um, dance? Do you dance to the theme music? Of course. I was. The, well, I was the... You I were the, the dancer. In, in the title sequence, even though I was only... Oh, you're looking fit there, the mate. I was only five at the time. <laughs> oh, God. Take that comment back there, because that was quite um, deeply disturbing. <laughs> um... But uh, cheeky, yeah. I mean, that's one of the best things I've ever bought from in a network sale. I think, I think the whole box set for for about twenty quid or something. Um, <laughs> there's about hundred and twenty something episodes. Or whatever. Crikey! But uh, now in April nineteen seventy nine, guess what? Nothing happens. <laughs> um, okay. But in May you've got um, the general election, and. Um, Mrs. T becomes Prime Minister. Yes. Um, but, uh, um, and I visited the Russian exhibition in London, mm-hmm. um, and I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I met Mrs. T. Uh, and I can't remember what year it was. Was it not? Well, it was the Woolly Mammoth. Mm. 1979. Just happened to be 1979. <laughs> And they had a, a woolly mammoth, and I met Margaret Thatcher as she went in. Never mind. We all have our crosses to bear. It's never good to meet any kind of politician from anywhere, really, is it? <laughs> uh, I she didn't get the woolly mammoth on her uh, 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 as part of her, her team. But... She spit-roasted it, but enough about that. <laughs> um now, apparently in May 19... Actually, it's a bit early. Um, <laughs> May, the... yeah, May creeps up on you. It's one well, of those months that creeps up on you, isn't it? Well, it's just... It's the 21st of May. John Craven's News Round, which had been running since 1972, goes on its summer break. Uh-huh. 21st of May is early to start your summer break. Um, <laughs> oh, was that the special assignment type thing? or Because they had something just, like that, didn't they? Well, it just says that, it says that when it returns on the 10th of September... It, it, sound, it sounds as if John Craven's news round ran for a certain amount of time of the year, then had a break. And then, but after after that summer break, it never had a summer break anymore. It ran all year round. So mm. I, I, I had a love-hate relationship with John Craven's news round anyway. I quite like John Craven, but anything, I was never that keen on news then, no more than I am now. But uh, it was always the thing that was on before something more exciting that was happening afterwards. But, unless it was Blue Peter, which I didn't like <laughs> that much either. I like Blue Peter more from the from the historical point of view, like this 
presenter did it from this year to that year or or, or, or more than I actually like the programme. I guess I like episodes of Blue Peter when there's Doctor Who involved, but um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. Blue Peter was fine, but then I hit that age where I sat there watching it going, it's... I, I, it just didn't appeal to me. It had no appeal to it. But then again, mm. I was in that horrible transition age of going from um, sort of 11, 12 mm. into a teenager and television. I was very picky about my telly. I don't know. Did you have a funny yeah, think, transition so where you also. got picky? Yeah. Well, I think so. And also, in the same way, I read kids' books that you were supposed to read at school. And then as soon as I could get away with it, I jumped onto like. like Agatha Christie, or when I was about 10 or 11... I, I, you jumped on to Agatha Christie? Well, no, no, she was long dead. Poor lady. Um, you know when you're at primary school, you're made to read a cert, like a series of, like, yeah. the green books, and then you move on to the blue books, and pretty much as soon as I got well, to the, I, the I end I stayed of on the blue books myself. <laughs> I bet you did. Um, once I got to the end of that scheme, I, I was jumping on to reading adult books, really. But, uh, I think because of Joan Hicks and Miss Marple... Um, I, I was uh, reading Agatha Christie books when I was 11 or 12 or whatever. Um, perhaps I should have been reading teenage books, or, uh, but uh, I was more interested in murders. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I was tr- trying to find out how to do them. No. <laughs> um, June 1979, uh, the Paul Daniels Magic Show begins. Oh, uh, it attracts an audience of 15 million viewers. Ah, he would have been wearing his comedy syrup, wouldn't he? <laughs> In that one. Yeah. I didn't mind Paul Daniels. I know he gets a bit of... He gets a bit of stick. But he's, he's very entertaining. I have to give you that. He is very entertaining. And I, and I don't know if I'm remembering this wrong, but he's one of the... Weirdly, he's one of the first people I remember being on TV um, and like an older, a middle-aged, whatever, gentleman or on a show. I think it might be something like Wogan or something. Anyway, he... He revealed that he was an atheist, uh, and I remember thinking, thinking, oh, because I'm used to sort of old, older people being very religious. Yeah, and I, I remember it being quite sort of, oh, so older people don't have to believe in God, um, <laughs> and, and being quite sort of like like him even more after that. Um, but it probably turned out I can never trust my own memories. It probably turned out that was some dream I had, which I've now incorporated. <laughs> as, but, I mean, it's in your made, subconscious now. Yeah, um, I have a, a similar thing with, um, with with Bruce Forsyth, where I have a sort of uncertainty easy, about whether easy. I like him or not, and I'm not, and I think it's real, but I doubt myself now because it's such a long time ago. It did, is, is it something that I saw on an actual episode of Play Your Cards Right, or, or is, is, that, it is that where his eye, is that where his eyes glow red and he goes for the contestants? I Oh, well, you know, as I, as I can't guarantee it was true or not, I shouldn't say, but I just found that, that there was something where he didn't treat one of the the girls doing the cards very... And it was only a very quick cutaway. Oh. And I remember noticing it and thinking, oh, that's very nice. Um, but it could have been a dream. Everything could have been a dream. That's so, so long ago. <laughs> so, I mean, people um, love him or loved him when he was around. But it's funny how little things um, can really mm-hmm. affect how you think yep. about people... And even to the point where you start to doubt whether you <laughs> your reason for not liking them even <laughs> even existed. I mean, we were to- I was talking with Nick and Muffley a while back about uh, Jackie Pierce and oh, bless um, her heart, yeah, yeah, and and um, 
Muffley asked if we'd ever met her, and Nick definitely remembered. He remembered exactly when. He remembered the year. He remembered, and he said, turned to me and said, "Did uh, did you did you meet her?" And I, I and I was like, "I think so, <laughs> but I'm not sure." Oh uh, bless! Because it's got because I just don't remember. I went to some Blake Seven conventions, and the chances were she was there. Um, and as I said at the time on this other episode, I wish. Um, I had met her after I read her autobiography because she grew up where I live now. So I would have loved to have said, oh, I came from, you know, and like in the same way as with John Levine, I probably told him when I met him that I came from Salisbury. And, uh, yeah, I think, but I think Jackie Pierce would have been even more enthusiastic if I'd have told her I came from quite an obscure, oh, well, I lived in a, in quite an obscure area where she'd grown up. But um, but yeah, some of the, some, some guests at conventions I can definitely remember I met um, and people like... Um, Michael Sheard, who we used, you know, he used to join us on the dance floor. Um, <laughs> Throwing shapes. Like, yeah, the, those sort of things do stick. But there are some people I can't quite be sure whether I. I'll probably find I've got a, you know, I'll, I'll open, find an autograph book and there'll be, I'll be like, oh, right, okay, I must have met this person. <laughs> nothing to do with it's nothing to do with them not being notable, but it's just it's a long time ago. Some of these things uh, uh, and some some of these autograph queues, you're in like a sort of, I mean, that they, they, they must find it a little bit repetitive you know like a, a sort of another person another person another person but when you're in the queue it can be the opposite it's like oh another person another person <laughs> well, and, a, and, and i would probably be a bit, bit, bit petrified that i was meeting some of them as well it's a mark uh, of a good guest if they keep it fresh isn't it it, it yeah. must be very very yeah. boring because it's it, and that's a horrible word to use but it must be quite tedious because you're, you're a conveyor belt, aren't you? Um, moving on, I don't know if I recognise this. BBC Two in June 1979 launches the world's first computer-generated ident, the computer-generated do. Oh. I don't know which one that is. Oh, uh, yes, that's the one. Can't hit that note. Where the lines go round and it doubles over and round. Yeah, that would have been that one. I think my fav- my favourite era of of BBC Two idents is probably the very early nineties, around the time of like when Star Trek started and and oh, Quantum yeah. Leap and and Twin Peaks, where there was like it was like a little robot too, mm-hmm. and, and it sort of hopped and things. And, um, oh, I, or, I remember or, the nineteen seventies one where the twos used to interlink. Mm-hmm. Let's show my um, age. Um, July '79, the final episode of, of Celebrity Squares, Squares Yay! is broadcast. Although was... it will be revived in '83. I don't know how long. <laughs> I remember Celebrity Squares. Like, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those one of those shows that's probably been of, often being um, revived. Um, July again, the supernatural sci-fi show Sapphire and Steel makes its debut. Um, Scared the scared the willies out of me. That program yeah, did. I, I didn't see it as early as when it started. I saw it more, more perhaps in eighty or eighty one. It's it's like one of those seminal programs you see as a child, watching Children of the Stones and programs like that. Mm-hmm. It always sits in the back of your psyche, and it never goes away. And every mm-hmm. so often, it comes up to prod you and go, "Do you remember that man with no face?" Yeah, one, I, one of the ones I remember yeah. at the time. Do you remember the um, ghost soldier on the on the platform? Yeah, and the things um, like that. Yeah, 
a couple of weeks later, the long-running variety show, The Cannon and Ball Show, makes its debut. I'm not sure I was ever a big fan of Cannon and Ball, but I... Um, um, I, 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 I laugh, I, I, be I, a laugh, sing I mean, me a song. I would recognise them, but... can go wrong. Um, and things like that. August, technicians at Thames go on strike, uh, 6th of August... Um, the, the motocross uh, show Kickstart begins on BBC One. Oh. I always thought that was a BBC Two show. I always thought that was a BBC Two show. No, I think mm. that's wrong because I'm sure it's a BBC Two program because that used to be on when the six o'clock news used to be on. Yeah, um, it was originally hosted by Dave Lee Travis from '79 oh. to '80. Are we thinking the Junior Kickstart, perhaps? Maybe. It was hosted by Peter Purvis from 81 to 92. Um, yeah, it says... It says... Yeah, it says BBC One. I don't know about Junior. Um, but I'm sure... I don't know, I just... I just yeah. sort of felt that it was a... It just feels like BBC Two to me. It's a bit too... It's, yeah. It's, not, it's, a, bit, it's a bit... I mean, motocross... Not one of the the top ten sports you think of. If you feel like it would be a BBC Two thing, but uh, well, I, I'm I'm sure now now I've got, I've got stuck on this now. <laughs> um, the the whole uh, later in August, yes, the whole of the ITV network except Channel Television is affected by the technician strike. That's right. Channel was uh, one of the uh, one of the last ITV. Um, the ITV regions to come online, and um, it it because it's differently funded and everything. It's um, it remained transmitting. I know we had the most inane and boring sto- <laughs> programs <laughs> out because the ITV weren't making anything. I, I, was what was it after this strike on Coronation Street where they had that thing where they explained what had been, or was that another strike? I remember oh, that reading about there being. A sort of, they they explained they were, they did an actual scene to remind people what had been happening before the strike, but it was sort of, sort of like but it like a conversation in in the Rovers, um, but maybe I'm imagining that. Um, um, what happened was um, it came um, ITV came back on air, mm-hmm. and the first program to be on air was News at One with Leonard Parkin. Mm-hmm. And his first words were, it's nice to be back, so let's get on with it. Mm. And that's how it came back on air. That's how ITV came back out on air. It was lunchtime. Um, I know we've talked about films before that have had their debuts, but this seems a bit ridiculous. Um, 25th of August, the BBC show the 1966 Batman movie. <laughs> Um, uh, when was that? Sorry, August. Did you say August? That, uh, yeah. Ah, that would have been school holidays then, wouldn't it? Middle of the yeah, school holidays. But you think it would have had a debut before? Apparently, it had been shown on a few ITV regions before yeah. this, but not, not as a network. Not not sort of. So it's his, it's his first network um, showing. Um, um, Lord, Lord Mountbatten was murdered on the 27th of August. Uh, yes, his, his boat blew up in a mistimed bomb. Yeah. And, by, the, um, based the by the IRA, yeah. For the, the, new, the news bulletin, 26 million. Yeah. Um, 
He he was well respected, very mm. well respected. Second uh, of September, subtitling of programs on CFAX begins, <laughs> um, and a Battle of the Planets was shown. That was a, the US adaptation of a popular Japanese sci-fi. I, I remember Battle of the Planets. I don't know if it's something I would. I've been tempted with some of these things like that and Space Sentinels, uh, but I, I I guess if I could watch them for free, I would probably watch a few episodes. <laughs> but I don't know if I want to commit to. Um, it's a bit like Monkey. I used to like to like Monkey, and I did buy a lot of that, but I've never actually got through the whole set. I think. Is it, again, I think the thing with Monkey is it was quite unique when it came out. Mm. Um, it was nothing like that was anything that was being shown on. On TV, mm. but I wouldn't watch it again. Mm. <laughs> That's terrible to me saying that. But it, it doesn't draw anything for me before uh, again. So um, the first episode, tenth of September, the first episode of John Le Carre's Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy uh, airs on BBC Two. And that's on BBC Two, but kickstarts on BBC One. You're Alec Guinness on BBC Two. That's <laughs> so somehow the wrong way round. Um, uh, Robin Day presents the first edition of Question Time, which is still on to this day. Obviously, not with Robin Day, but uh, um, debut of the short-lived sitcom Bloomers. I, I wondered when we mentioned this earlier. This was a, a new sitcom with Richard Beckinsale, but uh, oh, I don't remember um, that. I don't know whether it was short-lived because it season two called Knickers. I don't. Okay, I don't know if it was short-lived because he died or whether it just wasn't very good as well. It was shelved because of yeah. Hmm. I think it's I think it's probably because of his death. Yeah, it had Pat Gorman as a pub landlord. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Gorman was in everything connection. in the seventies. Thirtieth of September, BBC launch to the Manor Born with Penelope Keith and Peter Bowles. The final episode of that first series um, got twenty three million. Well, nearly 24 million. Um, wow. Apparently, that was the all time highest figure for a recorded program. I guess sometimes, like sport or wedding, royal weddings get high, but TV shows tend not to uh, get quite that high. Certainly not these days. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw the other day that, um, because obviously in the 80s, Doctor Who was opposite Coronation Street, and Coronation Street was always beating it, but I saw some, somebody had commented that the ratings for the most recent episode of Doctor Who was opposite Coronation Street and Doctor Who beat Coronation Street that's because <laughs> even though is that even though Doctor Who only got 5 million it was still quite high in the weekly charts and it beat the episode of Coronation Street it was opposite against so oh, you have uh, to check a victory after all this time victory <laughs> is sweet it's worth waiting yeah. for it happens it how, uh, although I think um, like Strictly Come Dancing still gets 8 or 9 million but the soaps are obviously I mean, it's pretty bad if the soaps get less than something like that, but um, I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea, I suppose. Um, uh, you think some of these reality sh- well, not exactly reality shows, we would you would have got bored with them by now, but like they got bored of Big Brother and things like that. But, yeah. Um, in se- late September, Home Secretary Willie Whitelaw outlines plans for a fourth channel, so, so the beginnings of um, Channel 4 all these being discussed. Uh October, not the nine o'clock news begins on BBC Two with Rowan Atkinson, Pamela Stevenson, Mel Smith, and Griffiths Jones. Um, oh, and Terry in June makes its debut. Lots of 
lots of kind of shows that would go on to... <laughs> Sorry, got That's quite a self. long time after, because what, what was the show that... Happily Ever After. Happily After, and I mean, that, that's a lot earlier than the 70s. And even in the, fi- uh, even in the film for Man About House, mm. they were the neighbours in it, Terry and June. Yeah. But they, they weren't the Medfords. Oh, I've got it wrong. Uh, Happy Ever After ran, it says, ran from 74 to 79. So actually, Terry and June, I guess this is the other end of the year, whereas the previous, the last episode of Happy Ever After was earlier in the year. So actually, no, uh, I think I'm just thinking that perhaps it didn't run as long uh, and was early 70s, which I guess it is, but it did, it did run on longer than I expect, I thought. So, yeah, this is just a natural progression. Um, after the strike ends on ITV, you've got Quatermass, um, or the Quatermass oh, conclusion, or whatever you want to call it. The... Oh, isn't, isn't that really dark? I must admit, really, really dark. Um, I used to... When I first saw that, I was quite impressed with it. Now, as I've got older, I can't binge watch it because it is so dark, and it's actually sat in a cupboard somewhere. It's not something I have on my shelf. I've watched it within the last year or eighteen months, um, but I think it's I quite think depressing. I, just, I I I kind of I do like it, but I kind of like the earlier half of it more than I like the later half. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it starts off really interesting, and it gets a bit tedious after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the final episode of Forty Towers is shown on the twenty fifth of October, which is Basil the Rat. I don't think I knew that that was the last episode, or or I've forgotten. Um, Basil the Rat. Uh, but the series had been about since the early seventies. It was just stretched out, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the uh, the first episode of Minder starts in October. <laughs> October. Um, oh, and we mentioned Monkey. Monkey makes its its debut on BBC Two with dubbed English dialogue because uh, it was a Japanese martial arts fantasy show. Sixteenth of November, um, BBC One airs Gawain and the Green Knight. Mm. Yes, a, a, a film based on a medieval poem. I'm not sure I have been watching that. the The big film of Christmas Day in 1979 was The Sting with Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Oh yes. It, I, I, I didn't know it was a. Well, I guess I know it was a. It's described as a crime caper, but is it? Is it? Exa- is it? The con artists, aren't they? Mm, I don't. Never seen this thing. I, I don't. I, I. I don't know if it's a film that I should. I should watch. Um, um, oh, ITV's big film of the day was The Three Musketeers, starring Michael York and Oliver Reed. Oh. I don't think I fancy either of those for Christmas Day. What, you, you don't fancy Michael Reed or Oliver? <laughs> Michael Reed or Oliver? Oliver York. Oliver York. Never heard of them. On Boxing Day, the network television premiere, um, the film of Boxing Day was Where Eagles Dare, oh. starring Clint Eastwood and Richard Burton. It's very... Martin would have liked that. Martin would have liked that. Christmasy films, are they? Although, yes, they are. I'm the I'm the first person to say you shouldn't have to have a Christmas film on Christmas. I mean, last thing you need on Christmas is Christmas film. That's why I've never been a big fan of the with most most of the Christmas Doctor Who's because it's all they always have to be very Christmas. Because I I heart I think back to like when you'd get a special longer Christmas Bergerac and it wouldn't 
be anything to do with Christmas. Uh, in, my, in my view, a Christmas special is just, oh, you get an, an, extra, an extra episode of, the sh- of your favourite show. It doesn't have to be about Christmas. You just get a maybe a longer or feature-length episode. Of, you know. I think Miss Marple was, in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, I think Miss Marple was often on around Christmas. But they weren't Christmas stories. They, it was just a, because they got to the stage of just doing it once a year and it would be, oh, we've got, there's a new Miss Marple on at Christmas or something. Mm. I, don't, I don't see why you have to make it Christmassy as well. But. Well, do you think it's the only time that um, dear old What's-Her-Face could actually work? <laughs> she worked <laughs> once a year. Because she was knocking on a bit. She's been wound. Well, I don't think I think Joan Hicks in at one point even wanted to do. She'd have been yeah. quite happy to have stopped earlier, but she was talked around. But, it was yeah. an un. It, it was unexpected fame that hit her, really, wasn't it? Mm. That, um, she, she wasn't expecting to become famous at that age. Um, we have, we do have some debuts, but I, uh, I can see that comedy is stirring, so I, I don't. I think I might just pick pick only a few yeah. of them. Um, the Aphrodite inheritance. Now, I've, I've seen that. Um, that's that's um, sort of slight. It was by the, by the same people who did Lotus Eaters. Oh who right, yeah. The ferryman. Yeah. It's sort of Ian Hendry was in the Lotus Eaters. Yeah, it's got um, Alexandra Bastido, Brian Blessed, Paul Maxwell, Stephen Griff, um, Reese Jones. <laughs> I have got that on DVD because I think it's one that Nick recommended to me. Yeah. Um, and actually, the Lotus Eaters and Who Pays the Ferryman. I, well, I remember I Who Pays the Ferryman. Yeah. I have a feeling they've been on DVD, but then gone out of print. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, what else? As I say, there's a version of Rebecca Daphne de Maurier. Um, Gosh, there's a name. I'm not sure. Not, there's been quite a few versions of that, so I'm not quite sure how notable the 1979 version is. Uh, you've got The Perishers. Boom, 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 boom. Was that a... Um, Daily, Ma- uh, for, uh, Daily, Daily Mirror. Daily Mirror. Yeah. Um, I, I used to like The Perishers. Gosh, it says it was... seemed to be on for years. <laughs> there's, only 20 episodes, there's only 20 episodes. I just um, seem to show them on a loop. Yeah, I think they must have done, because it only ran from March to May 79. And I could definitely have sworn it ran for years. Um, but, because uh, they weren't long episodes, were they? they no, no, they're only snippet like things. Five minutes. Uh, things just before the news. Yes. Um, what else have we got? Um, the Omega Factor. Oh! That's, that, that's a good one. Um, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels. Mm. Well, that, that, I guess that had already been... That, we got that a bit late, probably. Jigsaw, that was a... How do you describe Jigsaw? That that had Sylvester McCoy in it, but it was a sort of puzzle-solving children's programme. Uh, yeah, there's a producer, stroke director, called Clive Doig, who used to do a series of programmes that were educationally educating. Uh, no, <laughs> educationally entertaining. <laughs> I'll have a fight of what they're having, please. I think I've already had it. Um, the that's easy uh, for you to say. The, the, the red hand, the red hand. Oh gang. no, the red hand gang. Oh, yeah, I like the red hand gang, but St- again, that's star- starring James Bond the third. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one. I think it's actually listed as seventy-seven, but we didn't get to seventy-nine. And um, 
I have that on DVD at home. I haven't gone back and watched it. It's one of those shows where, again, I would have said, oh, that ran for seasons. And But I think there's only, you know, there's, there's, I don't know. Let me have a look. I don't know, 10 episodes uh, or something like that. I'm looking uh, at pictures of them now. 12 episodes. They, oh, really, yeah. um, they really look old now. <laughs> yeah. So I think we used to watch them as young people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of, I like that show. I don't know why it didn't run for, for longer, but uh, maybe if I ever get around to watching that DVD, I'll realise why it wasn't. <laughs> but, uh, um, what else? We've got uh, Shoestring. Uh, mm-hmm. First first season of Shoestring, which uh, was the sort of forerunner to Bergerac, although they're not really well. They're both about detectives, but they're not. It's a weird. That. Yeah, one's a police officer in Bergerac, isn't he, from Bureau de Change, which okay. is a made-up name actually. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the um, Radio West was the home of Shoestring because he was the private ear. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he come and come and. If you've got a problem, give Shoestring a ring. And he was like a public eye, public eye, a private eye, wasn't he? Mm. He used to appear on the radio at some mm. cheap, um, <laughs> cheap always, independent I'm, radio station. I'm always having to um, stand up for Bergerac because people always say, oh, it's not as good as Shoestring. But I, I like Shoestring, but I don't think it's as good as Bergerac. And I, I would say Bergerac had a longer... Um, and I don't think, I think Bergerac, I'm kind of surprised, well, to say that, I'm almost surprised that Bergerac didn't get axed early on, because I think it takes a while to get, it probably starts... It's a very four, slow season, burner, yeah. Yeah, season three or four, or when Louise Jameson comes in. There are good episodes before she comes in, but the period when she's in it, it, it really kind of comes together, and there's lots of Doctor Who writers, and then around the time that she leaves... I think that's in the new production team and it kind of loses its way and you can kind of see that, that perhaps it had its day by the time it finished. But uh, um, it, was st- it was still doing good episodes again by the end, but it, it's almost, yeah, sort of, it sort of comes full circle. It starts off a bit slow and, the, and then it really hits its mark and then kind of starts to show signs towards the end. But uh, anyway, um, Shoestring only ran for two seasons, but I think that was because of that was because of its main actor. Yeah. The lead actor didn't want to do it anymore. Although it was the programme that gave him so much publicity. Fred, Fred Dibner's Steeplejack, if you're interested in that. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I'll be checking in for that one, I'm afraid. But a lot of the things. This week, Fred climbs an erection <laughs> and watches it collapse afterwards. We've got Dick, we've got Dick Turpin and Dick Barton. Uh, ah, Dick, Dick Turpin. I remember watching Dick Turpin and Dick Barton because mm. uh, Dick Barton was made by our regional television program Southern, uh, but um, it was LWT, London Weekend Television, that used to make um, Dick Turpin. Lovely Dick mm. Turpin because that was Richard O'Sullivan. Mm. A- Agony. That was a comedy oh, yes. series with yeah. Maureen Lipman. Maureen Lipman. I think I've got that on DVD somewhere. Um, Shelley. Oh, uh, I've got all the seasons of Shelley. It's quite, it's very dry humour, Shelley. I, think I like I that. Have, I think I might have Shelley. Um, you know, how you buy things. and. I always remember it being on TV. It was never off the telly. Mm. Um, um, well, Magic. I think, well, I th- Crib, and what was Crib? Crib was, was the Victorian oh, detective. detective. I'm looking at yeah. it. It's just as you said it. My eyes were drawn to it. 
Um, it was on my and, it's on my shelf looking at me. I love crib. And and the Sullivans is listed, but that that was a an import from Australia, which I've never watched. But knowing how much I like Australian TV, and knowing that it's available to buy, I well I'm trying cop shop at the moment, and I'm mm-hmm. quite enjoying that. But I'm. Do you like being banged up in cop shop? Well, you know, um, I, uh, I'm sort of, okay, but I can't start buying Sullivan's as well. I have to be careful with my money at the moment. So. <laughs> but, what, uh, well, this is the problem. Once you find something, you find you're into your niche. That's it. And especially with something I should imagine with Australia, because they're quite prolific with the amount of programs. The, the, only, the only thing that puts me off, um, and I know there are a few other crime shows from Australia, but they tend to be period or, or like sort of set. Uh, I'm, I'm less interested. That's one of the things that puts me off the Sullivan's is that it's set in the sort of what, the, the Second World War, where so I, I quite like Australian TV to be set in the time it's made. Um, but that's that's a silly reason, really. But uh, anyway, we need to. Um, yes, sorry, Cromarty. I'm sorry to keep you going. We we got we got uh, waylaid by 1979. It was quite a, a busy year. That's all right, Paul. Shall we go over to Yeti Uncle John now? Yeah, yes, I think we will. Listeners, um, there'll be a little bit of music, and then when we um, come back, we'll be over at the uh, Magpie Hut, I think. Hopefully. Hopefully he hasn't gone out again. Well, I do hope not. <laughs>
okay guys um, let's let's just knock on the door and confront him absolutely oh, yes. he's, we've got Warren with us he's like he's, he's like the beefcake yeah <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and, and the meeting your he's sandwich. The he's the muscle. Well, he's been known to give your Uncle John a good talking to. Well, he was very useful. Good seeing to, uh, yes. You, you, you definitely helped me while in last time. Uh, I helped to keep his pecker helped my confi- You helped my confidence, yes. Um, right, just knock on the door. Who's that? Who's that? You're, you're scaring the magpies. Uh, yes, Uncle John, it's, it's uh, Warren and Cromarty and I. We just want to... Hello, Yeti Uncle John. Another word is required, I believe. Uh, oh, hello. Oh, it's good to see you, Warren. Yes. Um, uh, uh, did you bring your big pink car this time? I didn't bring my big pink car. I brought some... Um, I brought Cromedy. I think we need to have a word. Well, Yes, um, Uncle John, I want to... I don't understand what I saw earlier. Well, what did you see? told you not to follow me into the, into the gentleman's. No, I don't think he's talking about that. Look, you saw Comedy twice today, didn't you? Oh, yes, once in the supermarket, once in the dog and duck. Yes, and... And he was in the pub as well. Exactly. Um, I saw you with two different people. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> you were with two different people, but you said they were the same person. They, they said they were the same person. Oh, what, uh, coconut gin? Yes, we know that you're hanging out, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not happy, really, in a way, that you're mixing with your old cellmate. Well, there's, stuff, there's nothing wrong with that. We're not going to do anything dodgy or nothing. Yeti Uncle John, what yes. I think they're trying to allude to is, how many coconut gyms are there in the world? I, 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 I... Well, I didn't want to have to bring this up because we're on a podcast. It's not like we're... I mean, the listeners don't, don't, don't care if, if, if they look different. If they don't just look different, they sounded different. And that does affect the podcast. The listeners want to know why Coconut Jim sounded different when Comedy met him in the morning compared to when he met him in the afternoon. Poor Comedy's beside himself with confusion. I am. I'm very beside myself. I'm beside all of you. Yes. He is. Look, there he is. He's beside us yes. both. Yes. Oh, look, it's very simple. It would have to be for you. It's, thank you very much. It, it's due to cost-cutting. It's uh, You know how some jobs, you know, you have part-time. You know, somebody who does the job in the morning, some, somebody, then somebody does the job in the afternoon, or sometimes it's somebody who does it like Monday to Wednesday, and uh, you know how it works, part-time. I don't see how that refers to... To um, people, yeah. To coconut gym. Well, well, that's exactly what happens. Uh, yeah. the, the way it works with coconut gym is that he's played by one actor in the morning and one actor in the afternoon. We, we can't get them. We can't get them for full time. Um, <laughs> I'm quite I, speechless at that. I, well, you know, look, it's, it's just a podcast. It's, it's, I don't I didn't want to bring it up. I just. I didn't think the listeners would notice. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Coconut, it's the same when we were in Shane Jail. Uh, one gentleman, and then the other, another gentleman. But it's just That's slightly you different. You don't, ask, you don't ask questions. It's, 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 all, coconut, it's all coconut gym as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say about that. 
I don't still don't understand. What does he mean, actors? Don't don't worry, comedy. Don't worry. Oh, so if we see Coconut Jim again, we don't know which one we might see. Like basically, basically that's what it comes down to, I think. Well, we might not see Coconut Jim again. It might be a different Coconut Jim. Is that a possibility? Oh, I think. Um, uh, do, do you remember a while ago uh, when Warren was around last time? Uh, bizarrely, uh, by coincidence, that uh, I had some phone calls, and uh, I think the same thing happened then. You, that's why you heard different voices uh, when you answered the phone, and because it was, I didn't want to explain. I didn't want to. I mean, I didn't even know that Coconut Jim was going to be on your bloody podcast. I just accept him the way he is. What he's like that in the morning, and he's like that in the afternoon. Uh, it does mean that if you want to go down to the pub in the morning, you, you, you can get uh, uh, you can get me a little bit drunk, and, and then uh, you meet the other one, and then you can get a little bit drunk. So you work for having a friend who's two different people. That's just lazy. I, frankly, I'm <laughs> sorry, listeners. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know if this counts as behind the scenes. Um, you know, stuff that you shouldn't have to be putting up with, but as we're having to put up with it, I mean, I've never, I mean, yes, I know that on TV sometimes you get this, but this, this really? is like yeah. real life. This isn't, oh, I, I don't want to think about it, it's too complicated. It's far uh, too complicated. See, I, I think this is a case of where the, the explanation is even more complicated. Yes, I think so too. Mm. Um, Look, yes, Uncle John, well, thank you for your explanation. We'll just try and keep our distance, I think. It might be best. But but please, don't let him get you into any trouble and don't get him into any trouble. No, of course not. I wouldn't do that. No, never, never. I'm, 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 I'm a good lad. Shame jail is only a walk away. Remember yes. that. Yes, and you have done a number of things of late that, although not as bad as the things you used to do, have certainly... Um, uh, being questionable and that business was what you did on my birthday I'm still not forgiving you for that yes oh, and, I, oh, and um, for you, you're, you're receiving a ban from getting inside my car on my pink shag pile oh dear I think uh, we should end this episode hey that's my I get to say that <laughs> oh, you see, Uncle John, don't, 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 don't be bossy go back in your magpie hut come on guys let's go yeah oh, I, I, I'm not ready to go we weren't inviting you. We're going off anyway. Well, listeners, um, that's all we've got time for. Yeti Uncle John, as usual, brings chaos with him. It's not my fault. Oh, my friend is played by two different actors. It, it, it kind of is, Yeti Uncle John. Um, yes, sorry, listeners, we're, we're going now. Although I shall say goodbye to Warren um, um, after the end theme music. But... Uh, I'm unfairly whatever yes you are but I don't care come on let's go boys let's go let's go uh, bye bye listeners um, yes uh, we'll be back soon bye for now
Colin, I'm terribly sorry that you got involved in this. That's all right. It's quite a mystery, wasn't it? I can't fully explain it. Um, but uh, I, as I Do say, you think I, it's because he hasn't got many friends that he, I, this is the only way he can extend his circle of friends? I think it's almost like a you know it's a it's a cliche it's a cliche of prison dramas where where people get out and they bump <laughs> into, on a rope well you know they bump into old cellmates and, and more trouble ensues which is what i'm kind of expecting that, that there'll be something um troublesome that occurs but uh, uh i don't know um i can only hope that he doesn't get into trouble i don't know out of the two of them you know who is the worst influence um or the three of them or the one of the, oh i mean I, I just don't know quite how this sits. I know sometimes we do episodes where, you know, fiction and um, fact and fiction blur, and this is... I've never encountered it quite in this situation. Blur? Uh, where I, I, where I, I, a, a character is... Uh, cannot compute, cannot compute. I can understand why comedy is so confused. Oh, but, poor lad, poor lad. I know. But, uh, well, I suppose... Um, will you have a quick word with him before, before I'll we have go? A, I'll have a quick one before we go. Crumpty! I can hear the theme, theme music coming, so let, let, let him let him get his um, let, let him get himself composed, and, and you can speak to him after the end end theme. Okay. Oh dear, oh dear. I hope next time you come over when we talk about more TV, there isn't more drama. Um, I there mean, always, there's there's always drama here. There's always well, it's great to I visit mean, for the drama, stay for the drama, I, enjoy yeah, the fun. I I guess. I guess it wasn't too dramatic. It was more problematic, I suppose. <laughs> and poor old comedy getting systematic. A bit yeah, absolutely. Hi, oh, dramatic. <laughs> I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Oh, oh well, and I, I, I still don't quite understand what's been going on here. Um, what do you think Uncle John has got himself involved I in? I think he's greedy. I think he's. Yeti Uncle John, as usual, is being greedy. He he wants more than one friend who's the same person. Then he can yes. be lazy in remembering people's names. I guess I guess um, it could work quite well if you you know sometimes you ring up a friend and they say, uh, "I know I'm not available. I'm doing something." But uh, um, if, he, if he rings up Coconut Jim, uh, uh, Coconut Jim might say, "Well, I'm really busy, but." The other me isn't, so we you could meet him. It's um, the it's the ultimate friendship, isn't it? You'll always yes. the friend will always be there for you. I just I just hope that they don't both turn up on the same shift. 
So no. do I. Um, but that, <laughs> it's, it was most... Well, at least there was an explanation. It makes no sense, but at least... Well, he I, has I to be careful. It'll come back and bite him where he doesn't thought, want it to be bitten. I thought, yes, I mean, you could have... It's bad enough having a falling out with a friend, but when that friend is two people, then that, you know, that, that's double the trouble. Absolutely. Unless one agrees and the other one doesn't. I mean... He's stuck in the middle, isn't he? Is there a consensus of what, uh, you know... Two ends the, don't meet. Yes, do they are they allowed to have different opinions? That could be very know. confusing. What if you you make plans to go to the cinema? Oh, with I think one you're of thinking them and then, you're thinking too hard here. You're thinking but too. Then, I but don't then know. you might go and meet the other. You might go going up and say we want to go to the cinema, and then when you go to the cinema, uh, he doesn't show up because the other one didn't want to go, and it could be very confusing. Well, at least he's not my friend. I don't have to yeah. think about it. No, you look after yourself. You're looking very well, I must say. Oh, thank you very much. It's, oh, dear, here comes Eddie. You're looking very well, too. Oh, thank um, you. Uh, what are you two talking about? We're not talking about anything. It's a private conversation with me and Warren. Um, he's, right, he's about to take me in his pink limousine. Oh, is he now? Oh, if you're just doing that to make me feel jealous. Well, I can tell you that uh, it has worked, and I am jealous, and I'm going to go and see my friend, friends, friend stroke friends, friend... Strain, friend, stroke friends. Uh, You're stroking you? friends. Yeah, no, we don't do that. Eh? We, we, we strict, strictly uh, no touch policy. We, we we lived in a cell too long. It uh, it's, it's, it uh, ne- never went down that well. It never went. Down, no, it, <laughs> I heard it, it didn't. It, yes, he never went down that uh, route. I can tell you, not that it didn't anything wrong, but uh, if it did, but no, coconut Jim. I, I I don't fancy either version of uh, Coconut Jim, I must admit. The tall, one of them is too tall and one of them is too short. Oh, well, come so on, Cromarty, let, let me come and show you my shag pile. Yes, uh, we should go. I don't want to have this conversation anymore yet, Uncle John. Well, yeah, nor do I. I'm going to see my friend, friends, whichever one's available. Oh, oh dear, oh, dear. Um, it's really giving me that... That that, that 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 car, can I come too? Yes, in you get Paul. Oh, got right. room for um, a small one. We've got to we've got to go now, listeners. So uh, um but uh, shame there's no room for you get Uncle John. Bye. Well this is what <laughs> this is why I do things like I do, because you're picking on me. Jenkins up, burn rubber. No no, drive oh. away I meant. Oh, this is appalling behaviour. <laughs> Charlie Gurr, the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's perfectly normal. On the Charlotte podcast. Perfectly normal. Holy crow. That was a long episode. Oh, kitty, kitty, kitty. Perfect, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> oh, I love Dee I was discussing this with Paul the other day. We did a discussion on politics. With Martin. And Do you mean with Martin? <laughs> with Martin. <laughs> you can edit round that, can't you, Martin? Yeah. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Do your lines again if you want. <laughs> you well, um, <laughs> <Go on. laughs> I'll do that again then.
Um, oh, we'll have a gin. No. Ice and a slice. Unfortunately not. Um, oops. Um, <laughs> He's dropped his bottle, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, I, I, yeah, made, made others been very clear because you can't see it. But I have now imagined there's seepage everywhere. <laughs> no, I just punched my own microphone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Clown puncher. Yeah, there's a particular producer stroke director called Clive Doig. Clive Doig. I'll say that again. There's a producer stroke director called Clive Doig who used to do a series of programmes. Mr. Sandman, sing me a song. Oh, my bow, I just burped. <laughs>